Welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one intoxicating page of Talmud every day. In today's pages, Psachim 71 and 72, the rabbis are discussing what happens when uh, the Passover sacrifice is offered and it is consumed. And then they stop for a second and they note that it is only the priests, really, who get to enjoy this delicious sin-offering meat and what, they ask, of the rest of us. Here's a little taste. And furthermore, only the priests eat of the meat of these sin offerings. With what do ordinary Israelites rejoice? Rather, Rav Papa said, in such a situation, one rejoices with clean clothes and old wine. What an insight. What does a person need to be happy? Rav Papa has it just right. Clean clothes and old wine. And so, to talk about at least one of those things, the one closer to my heart. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Adam Teeter, the founder, the man behind the greatest, most read, most exciting publication about all things alcohol in the world, Vine Pair. Adam, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. So, you know, we're talking not so much clean clothes, a lot about old wine. So I want to start with a question I think has occurred at least once to a lot of our listeners, which is this, you know, we enjoy wine and yet, you know, you walk into the wine store so often or back when the world was around and you could sit in restaurants, you look at the wine menu and from time to time you have the sense of trepidation because unless you really take the time and know everything, you may feel like, how do I know that what I'm picking is good? Am I sort of smart and sophisticated enough to know all these different vintages? How do I pick something that isn't just a bust? And there's a sense of anxiety that kind of grows with it, especially as the wine industry has become, you know, so kind of robust and so good at, at marketing all these different things. So you really are someone who isn't just tremendously knowledgeable about wine, but also is is a person who I think very much in the spirit of the Talmudic rabbis understands and preaches that it's primarily about enjoying oneself. So take us away, explain to us, give us a good rule of thumb to how we should approach clean clothes and old wine and enjoy at least one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, first of all, clean clothes, do your laundry. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. But I would say for old wine, the most important thing with wine is just, you know, drink what you like. That's really important. And that means discover what you like. The way that you find out what you like in wine is drink a lot of wine. It means explore, go buy different bottles, sort of test what is out there, and then be confident in what you like, right? Just because a sommelier or a well-known wine critic tells you that this wine is revered doesn't mean that you have to love it or that this wine got 99 points, right? It's all about your own flavor preferences. And I think we'd be well to you know, explore wine in the same way that we explore food, which is that everyone has different preferences for, for food, right? Everyone has a different way they like their steak cooked. Everyone has different dishes that are meaningful to them. And the same should be true for wine. Unfortunately, wine sometimes gets put in the same position as art, where we say, oh, well, there are some great artists and others, if, if, and if you don't get them, you don't get it, right? right? And yes, there are amazing artists out there that we should, we should laud in the same way there are amazing writers. But that doesn't mean that we also can't sometimes enjoy pulp fiction, right? Mm -hmm. Or pop art. And so in the same way, you may be able to, to say, look, I can appreciate why this Grand Cru Burgundy is, is so highly coveted. But for me, I'm just a huge fan of, you know, more affordable Sonoma Pinot Noirs. That's fine. Um, and I think that's just important with wine is like, don't take it too seriously and drink what you like. 
amen to that. And so as we kind of like drink what we like and, and try to kind of develop a taste, are there kind of like rules of thumb that you could give us that say like, okay, well, I'm drinking it and you know, if I'm not that sophisticated, it tastes like wine to me. Are, are there things that we should look for beyond the kind of really complex language of mouthfeel and tannins and terroir and all these words that don't necessarily mean anything to a lot of us. Oh, terroir, terroir for sure means nothing, right? It's a, it's a French word that we have no translation for in the English language. That's how esoteric of a term terroir <laughs> is, right? And no one knows what it means, right? Scientists have been trying to study terroir for decades and no one's been able to prove it exists or doesn't exist. What's that tell you, right? So so what's your wine tasting ceremony? Like you buy a new bottle you've never read before, you pour a glass. So look, the first thing you need to do when you when you have a wine when you have a wine in a glass is you look at it. Why do you look at it? You look at it for a few reasons. Um, for the most part, you're trying to gauge if it may be old or young, right? We're talking about old wine because the Talmud tells us to, but when, when a wine is older, it will be, it will have like sort of a rust color, especially in a red wine around the rim of the glass, of, of the wine, of the liquid. But you also look at it to see if it's lighter in color as a red. That usually means it's higher in acidity. If it's darker in color, if it's a darker yellow, almost like an orange and a white, it could mean that it spent time in oak. Uh, if it's darker red and, and a red wine, almost like a deep purple, that means probably much more of a full-bodied red wine, probably you know heavier. So that's the first thing you do. And then once you look at it, you swirl it. And swirling it does a few things, but the most important is that it it opens it up. So oxygen, we say, is a is a frenemy of wine. So it both improves it when you first open the bottle and it destroys it if you let it sit open on your counter for a few days, right? The second you open a bottle of wine, it's slowly dying and it's beginning its march towards vinegar. But in the beginning of that death, it's really beautiful. And that's when all the aromatics come out of the wine and all the phenolic compounds that we really that make us all love wine and what makes wine so special come alive. Right. So what's so incredible about wine is wine is like one of the only things in on this planet of which it tastes of things that are not in it at all. It smells of things that are not in it at all. Right. If you have a, a chocolate stout beer, it's very likely that the brewer put chocolate into the beer, right? In wine, you smell chocolate, there's no chocolate. You smell strawberries, there's no strawberries. You taste blueberries, uh, bark, those types of things. That, that's all the phenolics of this grape and what happened to it when it was fermented, which is just so incredible, which is probably why we've had it as a part of our culture almost since the beginning, right? It's why it's you know involved in so many of our, our religious ceremonies in Judaism, right? Because it's just it's this important, really incredible liquid. Um, so you want to smell it and swirl it. So when you swirl it, you're adding more oxygen into the wine in order to sort of allow for that process to begin of of opening up uh it doesn't matter if you swirl it you know while holding it or you put it on the table and actually just kind of move <laughs> move the the base of the glass around to allow the the liquid to sort of agitate in the glass you just want that liquid agitated and then whatever you smell you smell if you smell grapes you smell grapes the idea behind smelling wine is that you're only ever going to get aromas in wine that you are very used to in life so when someone, if you're sitting across the table from someone, let's say at Shabbat dinner or something, right? And someone says, oh, I smell boysenberries and you never smelled a boysenberry in your life, you're not going to also smell it, <laughs> right? So the way that the top wine professionals, master sommeliers, et cetera, get really good at recognizing aroma compounds in wine is they go to grocery stores actually and smell all the different things in the produce aisle. I, you know, I'm not kidding. That's literally what they do. And so... You smell what you smell, but the whole idea is that when you're smelling a wine, you're smelling it to get your brain ready to taste it because you have this like uh, 
sort of knob in the in the front of your brain that picks up all of those flavor compounds, right? This in in your frontal lobe. And then you you taste it and you you taste the wine and basically you're tasting it to of course pick up those flavors you're smelling like, oh yeah, I smelled strawberries and I taste strawberries. But you're also tasting it really for, for what we talked about at the very beginning, which is do you like it? You know, that's what matters. Do you like what you're tasting? And if you like it and it's pleasurable to you, then you pour another glass. <laughs> Um, and that's really all there is to tasting wine. It's not something that should be intimidating to people. It's really, you're tasting it for two reasons. One, to smell it, to see if you can pick up any of those flavors and two, to see if you like it. Yes, there is a third reason for tasting wine, which is to see if there's anything wrong with the wine. But for the most part, you'll know that if you don't like it, and then you should just ask the person who served it to you, Hey, there's something weird about this wine. I don't really like it. It either smells funky or it tastes like, you know, wet newspapers or smells like a moldy basement. I think there could be something wrong with it. And then that person who's a professional can also smell the wine and tell you if there's something wrong with it. So that's where I think people have a lot of anxiety is like, oh, am I supposed to be telling them that this wine is good or not? It's good if you like it, right? So when you taste it, if you like it, then it's good and you should, you know, finish the bottle. So a magical liquid that evokes tastes of things that aren't there and that depends on your own emotional library of sense and experiences. No wonder, indeed, that this is the key, according to Rav Papa, to happiness. Adam Teeter, vinepair.com. Anyone who is interested in this conversation and in wine, which I personally find to be a key to unlocking many of the mysteries of the Talmud, should go to vinepair.com. Adam Teeter, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me. It's been great. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Music